Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio, episode 240. Today we'll be speaking with composer Max Arouge about two epic summer releases, Lansky and The Ice Road, and exactly where you can find those projects. We'll then talk to actor Mare Mulroney about her upcoming movie, Unchained, and a couple other projects she's got coming up as well. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Star Trek and Star Wars will try to explain The Android Doctors will offer chances on Ring Rolls and more To be the greatest Pokemon Master You must catch them all You must catch them all Try to catch them all Gotta catch And for those of you who may be hearing us for the very first time, welcome to geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. To my longtime listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show, listening and tuning in every week. We greatly appreciate it. Two times a week, if you're hearing our live radio broadcast on the Big 550 KTRS based out of St. Louis, we appreciate all the support you've given us on that station as well. This is a full show, two great guests. Let's dive in. Right now we're talking with composer Max Arouge about uh, two projects he's got out now or coming out very soon. Ice Road, a movie starring Liam Neeson, and of course the crime drama Lansky, uh, talking about the legendary gangster Meyer Lansky from Vertical Entertainment. Uh, Max, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, James. Thank you so much. Um, just it's amazing i always enjoy talking to composers because there's so much you can get into and dig into with not only the projects they're promoting but some of the other stuff on their resume talk a little bit about a very young max what got you into music when did you fall in love and when did you know it would be a career for you i i think falling in love that that's the key term i fell in love with playing piano at the age of 12 around there i had started before around six years old and you know was into it and had fun but then it was in middle school when we were in class and we heard someone play piano or something like that and then I thought wait a minute I, I, I can do that and then I realized oh that's a, this is something that can generate joy and fascination and interest and uh, I just I just really grew into it right then. And we always know like I remember in grade school one of the first pieces I remember hearing and kind of having feelings uh, kind of like, Oh, that's, that's amazing. was dance macabre. Do you remember the very first piece that you ever heard that kind of resonates with you? You still have that childhood memory about. Wow. I have not thought about first piece, but I do think the first thing that really made me think about music in a really deep way was seeing Fantasia. Oh yeah. Because it just, it just blew my mind that at that age, you don't really, you haven't seen that much yet. You don't know that much, but to see that marriage of music with these moving characters was, was intoxicating. I, I think we watched that the, the most out of anything as a kid. Absolutely. I think my, my mom probably still has it on VHS over there at her house somewhere. 
That's a, that's a classic. <laughs> so as you kind of grew older and you started to decide, uh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for a career. What were some of the, uh, some of the, the biggest things that kind of made you decide, yes, this is going to be what I do for a living. Well, I took music theory in high school and I really liked that. And then I started to write some music and then I was playing in some bands and stuff. Then I applied to school at USC to major in music composition. And then I eventually got in, which was very exciting. And then I was just doing that. And I applied for an internship at Hans Zimmer's studio. And then I got it two years before I graduated. And then I met Lauren Balfe shortly thereafter that and started working there, got along with everybody. And then at the end of school, they offered me a job. And I think at that point, my parents kind of recognized that, oh, this music thing, like he's going to make money and <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to have a job. And I think for them, that was enough to kind of let me do my thing. And then I just went for it. And then here we are 10 years later after working on endless uh, projects over there. Uh, I'm on my own now. So it, it was a long, long journey, but but always just just working, always working. I was going to say always, always working. And it sounds like and, and also judging by looking at uh, your resume, a lot of great projects that made it a very fun path along the way. Oh, yeah. Just the amount of things that I got to work on over there. And, you know, some things would come up all of a sudden and then you're working on this movie you saw a trailer for or you you know read an article about and then you're just on it. For example, at Astra, that that came up really last minute, hmm. and then we were just working on it. I thought, oh, it's Brad Pitt. I just saw a trailer for this thing, so that that was super exciting. And there were so many others like that too. And then, obviously, Ice Road, uh, starring Liam Neeson. It's one of these uh, these action thrillers. It's it's one of those uh, when you're watching an action movie. I feel like you don't normally. Uh, the the music is not in your face as much as it is in a horror movie where it really drives some of the suspense action is there but if you take it away it kind of takes a little bit of a layer off the action movie so talk a little bit about uh composing for a picture like this uh, absolutely yeah if, if the music isn't there especially during some of these longer action scenes everywhere you lose you lose a sense of direction and where and why the characters are going there and the level of tension in the scene. The having moving images and sound effects, it's not enough to information for the viewer to kind of grasp onto what these people are doing. They're hanging off trucks, they're accelerating, they're having hand-in-hand combat. So looking at these scenes, it takes a lot of work to to figure out how you're going to structure them and keep the tension low versus high, when to come down, when to play the theme. And it really it takes a lot of practice to do that. A lot of hours just sitting in the studio thinking, God, are these chords right? Is this rhythm right? When should we change tempo? It's these super specific things that allow us to really enjoy the action. Because if you were to just to play one unchanging piece under a seven-minute scene, that's going to get really boring. Yeah. And similar. And similarly, if you're going to change too much, it'll become manic and exhausting for the audience to watch. So it's really such a um, such a fine line to walk. 
And it is that music has that subliminal effect. Because obviously you're paying attention to the action and you're who's throwing the punch and who's falling off of what. But that 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 subliminal part of your brain is still focused on the music. And it, like you said, it really does drive a lot of this the uh, the the action and the tension. But I feel like as, as I mentioned too. It must be so different composing music for an action thriller versus, let's say, a crime drama like Lansky versus a horror film. Is it? it do you feel like when you go into different genres, there's kind of a different toolkit you have to pull out of your musical belt for this project versus this project, or is it kind of just based on the script? How do you approach each project? They they were both totally different. It was just a different language completely. Yeah. During during some of these long uh, Lansky scenes, these dramatic scenes, it's just two characters talking, and you have to work with them and the tempo of their speech and the content of their speech just right, and kind of do these really subtle maneuvers to direct the audience to the climax of the conversation and in some instances there was no dialogue at all and just some subtle change of shots and and kind of working with this slow moving music around that is i you know i suppose it's it's still the same industry but in terms of action music it's just a different game it's all it's less about subtlety in these big action scenes and you've got to have pounding, exciting music with some memorable themes to kind of drive through these these heroic moments. So they, they were so different, which made it exciting so that when I had to switch between the two, it was uh, it always felt fresh. And the Lansky writer-director, Eaton Rockwell, you've worked with him before on, I believe it was The Abandoned was the project. Is that, I guess that kind of is a bit of a comfort level when you've worked with the writer-director of a film you're composing the music for in a previous project, because you kind of develop a bit of a shorthand, yeah? Yes, yeah, absolutely. That was five years ago that we did The Abandoned, or maybe not fully five years ago, but years ago. And between then and now, it's, you know, we had both grown so much. And, and also Lansky was so different. So we did have a shorthand, but there was still so much growing and learning to still do together. Because this Lansky was so much more ambitious in many ways. And the content was so much more serious. And, it, you know, it was still crafting something with so much care. But with a drama of this magnitude, it really was taking things to the next level for both of us. So I was really excited to do that with him. And like I said, your IMDb resume is very impressive. You've worked on projects from Dark Knight Rises. We mentioned Ad Astra, Fast and the Furious Six, uh, The Crown, which, my goodness, the music in that, uh, that's that, that whole series is just above and beyond one of the probably the top series that there is out there. And the music certainly lends to a lot of, as we mentioned in our previous uh, sentences there where we talked about how it heightens the tension in certain areas and everything like that. Uh, that's uh, it's similar ideologies, I suppose, as far as you wanting to build that tension and kind of lead the audience without being overwhelming. But it's still the crown, obviously, a different animal from Langsky, for example. We'll pause right there, take our first commercial break, come back and continue chatting with composer Max Arouge. Please stand by. Hi, this is Shin Han, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio.
Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Speaking of movies, the official movie sponsor of geek to me Radio is Marcus Theaters. Marcus Theaters is also their website, MarcusTheaters.com. Check that website. You can find the Marcus Theaters or the Movie Tavern location closest to you. Buy your tickets right there online. See movie reviews, all that right from the website. And be sure to get out and see Black Widow in a Marcus Theater if you want to have the best movie-going experience. Uh, I just really love how Marcus has handled everything, both during the pandemic and now that we are coming out of the pandemic, making it safe to go back to the movies uh, as soon as the movies open back up, I remember I remember the first movie I saw right before the pandemic kicked in was Bloodshot. And the first movie I saw at the end of the pandemic was Tenet. And it felt like a long gulf in between without being able to go to the theater. I missed it. You probably did, too, if you're anything like me at all. So get out there and see movies now that it's good to go back out. See Black Widow and anything else that's playing out there. And do it at a Marcus Theaters. Download the app for your smartphone. You can order your tickets right from your phone and also order your concessions right there as well. Rent a private theater so you and 20 of your friends can see the movie of your choice in the uh, just it's not like having a big party, like having your own private screening room. MarcusTheaters.com for more information on that as well. Marcus Theaters, as we always say, it's the greatest movie going experience in the galaxy. Before we took that last break, we were chatting with composer Max Arouge, and we asked him about uh, working the music for some project like The Crown versus the music for a film like Lansky. Is it uh, kind of a different mindset, same type of mindset? Yes, I think, yeah, what's similar about the two, these dramas, and you have to give the audience so much more to chew on than what's there on screen. For example... When you have the queen and one of her associates talking on screen about Nazi invasion and it's silent in the room, what you're giving there, you're giving all of the tension with that kind of percolating music. And I think I tried to do the same in Lansky where you're just you're just there with these two characters and you need to tell the audience how they're feeling because sometimes you're giving just a few words. So it's the same concept and it's. You know, it's what film music is there to do. It is there to elevate what is there on screen and tell the story alongside it. And then one of the projects you worked on, which I would think would be intimidating, the story of God with Morgan Freeman. I mean, that that (laughs) voice and it's the story of God that had to be one of those projects where like, wow, this this might take some uh, additional work and preparation to get into (laughs) Uh, well, the, funny enough, the the, the uh, level of seriousness of the show, it, it still is done with some jest in that it's just comparing with excitement all these different cultures around the world. And you're just left there thinking, my God, the world is such a massive place. And with that project, the, the main task was to incorporate elements of all these different cultures. And, and also there would be these segments where – there's just Morgan Freeman doing what he does best and just kind of just waxing poetic about the beauty of the world. And that's when we had to kind of draw upon these larger dramatic pieces. That that project was a lot of fun, actually. And with these projects coming out, now, it feels like, uh, you know, the, the bubble's starting to burst. We're starting to get more uh, projects coming out of Hollywood now that COVID's kind of, we're kind of towards the end of that, hopefully. So it's got to be very exciting to have these projects coming out like Lansky, uh, like the ice road coming out now and back to back and people can actually see the work you've done on these. 
That's right. It's it's really a good feeling to see that finally now, oh my God, all this work I've been putting in, all these late nights, and and I'm happy that all my friends and family and, and everybody out there are going to be able to watch these movies and enjoy the scores. So it's it's a very good time right now. Absolutely. And you've, you've got, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Dark Knight Rises, and you've also done work on Black Widow, which will be out here very soon. Uh, so you've got your Geek yes. Street cred, and if that wasn't enough, you've composed music for video games <laughs> and worked on like Assassin's Creed franchise and things like that. Does it exercise a different part of your musical brain to work on a uh, video game series versus doing like a live action film score? I think conceptually speaking, the goal is always to write a great piece of music, whether it's for Assassin's Creed or Ice Road or Black Widow. And having said that, you need to adjust your approach a little bit for a video game, for example, where during a big battle piece, let's say you need to write a four minute action piece. You need to have um, so many tools at the ready in terms of writing, production, percussion, just everything. Whereas in a film, you need that, but you might have to shift down and cut and splice and repeat. Whereas in a game, you need to draw on this imagination without having pictures. So they're two equally difficult skills, but they need to be approached in a little bit of a different way. And with Ice Road out and Liam Neeson starring in this, I know obviously it's it's one of those action flicks Liam Neeson is now known ever since the Taken series for playing an action star you kind of want to have that <laughs> that uh that next level bombastic score uh, for an archetypal you know we we all know when Darth Vader walks on screen there's a theme song James Bond has a theme behind him when he comes out was was what was the challenge in finding the theme for Liam Neeson's character in the Ice Road that was the most important task was to come up with a main theme that encapsulates the movie and what he does as the hero. And we, uh, I wrote something at first and we were working with it for around two weeks, a couple, couple weeks. And then I got a call and then we all decided and we said, you know what, we need to take a little bit of a different approach. So at that moment, I started from scratch and then that's when I wrote what's on the, out, the score album is track seven, The Ice Road. And that piece starts with this ostinato or this repeating motif, and then it goes into our melodic theme. And once we got that down, that really enabled us to put the pedal to the metal and score the whole movie with the notion that this piece is the action piece. It is the hero's theme. And it was it was a little bit tough to get there. But once we got there, it felt right and the whole movie felt right. And I'm very appreciative of your time today. One last question before I let you go. Uh, like I said, when you look over your career and you see all these fantastic projects, not just the ones we mentioned, but there's other ones that I would have had to have a whole hour to talk to you about everything on your resume. What stands out to you as your shining moment, either personally working on a certain project or professionally? I, I'm going to say right now, because and with I started Lansky on the same day because uh, I I was working with Hans and Lauren for so long and then now I've left and these are the, the fruits of my labor so to speak coming out on the same day and this is kind of the the real start as I kind of see it as my own career and and I think it's it's a really exciting time and you know to have Lauren's blessing and just to kind of make that that leap it was very scary but uh but i think it's worth it and we'll see in the years to come 
Well, based on the groundwork you've already laid, I can only imagine it's uh, up, up, and away from here. So, uh, Thank you, Jason. The website is maxarouge.com, M-A-X-A-R-U-J.com. And if people want to keep up with you on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, to the, uh, where can people kind of keep up with you on there? No, that's right. It's it's all Max Rouge. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And The Ice Road uh, from Netflix, you can also look for Lansky. These are going to be great projects. And uh, if you're like me, if you're kind of a music geek anyway, you're going to enjoy the scores on these. Max Rouge, thanks so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, James. Pleasure chatting with you. My thanks again to composer Max Arouge. You can check out Lansky and The Ice Road. Great films with obviously some great, great music scoring those too. We're going to take our next commercial break, come back and start chatting with actor Mara Mulroney. So please stand by. Mark Pellegrino, Lucifer from Supernatural, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. My thanks again to composer Max Rouge. We chatted with the last few segments, and now on to our next guest. Right now, we're talking with a woman who wears many hats musician, composer, singer, songwriter, actor, model, writer, and it goes on from there. Mary Mulroney, how are you? Hi, that was quite an intro. Um, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, I mean, is is that all you do? We can't find some other uh, ones throughout there? Humanitarian? Uh, are we going to put uh, anything else that you want to add to that resume? <laughs> uh, definitely. No, uh, definitely not. I mean, I wish um, I wish I was uh, I wish it was more of a Mother Teresa instead. No, I just kind of all things entertainment. Uh, that's, I wear a lot of hats in that world, but that's about it. And there's you know? a, yeah a lot there. Like I, I said, it's uh, that that's quite a few hats to wear. So what what made a girl born in Washington D.C. decide, hey, I want to be an entertainer for a living? Oh, um, that was uh, not even. I don't even think that was a choice. That was like from day one out the womb knew that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I've just always been the creative type. I never did well in school or anything like that. So that that was my music and music and and being in front of the camera was kind of my that was always my go-to and did you take like in grade school like I took violin I sounded like Jack Benny it was terrible but I they had those kind of programs what what were you studying in grade school did that when you started to get into music or anything uh yeah so I um I was always like singing in choirs and stuff but I also did um yeah, I, I took violin as well, actually. I loved the violin. Um, I wish I was better at it and had stuck with it longer. But um, piano has always been my main instrument. So I started playing that probably when I was like five. Yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah, and so. uh, piano is a great one if you're going to be uh, working in composing and songwriting too. Pianos, I think, probably the main one I think of when I picture a songwriter sitting down to to plunk out the melody they want to find. So I, I guess that kind of springboard things right into the singer-songwriter uh, category for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then the acting bug. When did that, when do you remember the acting bug really biting you and deciding, hey, this is something I got to do more of? Um, You know, I was always making like home movies and stuff as a kid. Uh, so I always liked it. And I was writing like scripts and, and things and 
taking my mom's video camera and filming filming the cousins and creating little scenarios <laughs> and uh so that was my that was my thing um making my brother dress up and and you know uh, embarrassing him for <laughs> the rest of his life i guess um but it wasn't really until i moved out to la uh and i had i was with i had the distribution deal with universal music at the time um and yeah, it kind of, I had like a falling out with a label, decided to do the independent thing and met a uh, fellow musician who was also a talent manager in a studio session. And he was like, you know, have you ever done any acting? And I, I had, but nothing like super crazy. Uh, so he, we, we met and he read lines with me and um, ended up signing me with an agency. And, it, you know, I started getting a lot of auditions and kind of just throwing myself into that world and was like, you know what, this is kind of working for me right now. So I might as well just stay on this path because apparently that's where life wants me at this, at this point and, um, and, and see where it goes. Uh, and it's been pretty interesting. <laughs> to I'd say, say the so. Least. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the commercials, just, just the TV commercials you've done for products like Apple, Purina, Microsoft and American Express. And then what I would think, I've never done one, but as someone who enjoys acting, music videos. I would think that, I'm sure it's a grind and there's a lot of work, obviously, but I would think that's got to be one of the more fun projects, especially when you're working with people like Missy Elliott and Katy Perry and Daddy Yankee and Morrissey. That's got to be a lot of fun. It that It's so much fun. It's it, Music videos are definitely, they're, they're one of my, they're like my favorite thing. Just yeah. Like it's the people that you get to be around and and work with. They're, they're so, it's so much fun. I mean, the pay is not as great as commercials, but um, it it's it's worth it for sure. Because and honestly, I've I've met so many cool people in music videos that like have become like friends, and we still keep in touch. And a lot of directors that I've worked with, like I continue to work with them. Um, and it's it's just it's very like creative, awesome people. Um, so yeah, that it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a, that's probably one of my favorite things to do would be music videos. If you can't tell from the resume. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I, what's, uh, of the music videos you've done, which one has been the one that has been the most rewarding experience either personally or professionally with all the ones you've done? Oh man. Um, gosh, I don't even know. Huh. I really don't even know if I could name just one. Um, I really enjoyed, um, I actually just worked with this artist called Oliver Francis. Um, and he, like, uh, I had worked with the director of this music video on another music video shoot a couple of years ago. And um, they were looking for somebody to fly out kind of during the pandemic. Um mm to to another you know fly out of state to kind of stay with the crew and everything like that while they filmed for a couple of days um this really intense super cool music video uh for this artist and you know it was it was such a fun rewarding experience because it just like you just felt like you were such close friends with everybody and it was like hey uh you know like well, I don't know anybody. I'm just going to show up and, you know, be in this place where everybody, I guess, knows each other and everybody's friends. And, you know, I'm just, hey, I'm here enjoying the ride. So that was a lot of fun. And that was uh, somewhat recently. So I definitely 
enjoyed that. And also it's always fun to travel, but God, all of them are, are, have been really, really cool. Um, literally every single one. I don't think there's been one music video that I wish like, gosh, I wish I didn't do that. So, <laughs> well, that's very lucky then that they've all been great. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's fun. It's, it's, it's just, you know, good people, good energy. Um, if there's bad energy, then yeah, then it's not, as, it's not as great of a shoot, but, um, you know, for the most, it's, it's, and it's, there's always stressful moments, but for the most part, it's always super chill. And then acting in film, uh, Unchained, which seems very exciting. This is, uh, it, it almost has a throwback to kind of like a blood sport or kickboxer kind of, uh, vibe for <laughs> me, which I, again, those, I, I love movies like this. And the cast you've got, talk a little bit about, uh, t- without giving anything away, talk a little bit about getting the part, uh, auditioning, and how you were, uh, the casting process a little bit. We need to take another break. So we're going to pause, do that, come right back, and continue to chat with Mayor Mulroney. Please stand by. Hey, it's Kevin Sorbo, and you lucky people are listening to Geek to Me Radio. So don't go anywhere, because I said so. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. The show would not be possible without our premier sponsor, the person and I should say the organization that keeps the show going for as long as it has, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, the first sponsor I reached out to, the very first one to say yes They've been with us since the very beginning, coming up on five years in August. That's hard to believe. And the city of St. Charles has been our biggest champion. Uh, We just went out there for Heritage Day festivals this past weekend, and it's just such a great place to visit. A lot going on all the time. Uh, we, we always find something new. We were walking up and down Main Street this time, found a shop we'd never been to. They'd only been there about a year, they said, so they're fairly new, and there's a lot going on. So if you're not out there all the time, like I said, we pretty much are. We miss stuff, and it was great to find this little place. We had some cinnamon rolls and macarons and all these other great little pastries they had and some iced coffee, and it, that's what I love about St. Charles. You always find something new every time you go out there, even if you go out there a lot like I do. Uh, it's a great place to visit no matter what you're doing, what you want to do. If you're looking for something, let's try a new restaurant, go out to St. Charles. Chances are you're going to find something new as well. You can look at their website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. Lots of festivals coming up here uh, for the summer months and then into, obviously, October and the fall months and then big time come Christmas with their Christmas Traditions Festival. It's been going on for, I think, 45 or 46 years now, which is really, really awesome that they've got the biggest and best Christmas festival in the entire country and certainly the longest running. That website, again, discoverstcharles.com, discoverstcharles.com, as we always say, for an historically good time. Before we took that last break, we were chatting with Mayor Mulroney about uh, her getting this part for Unchained, and we asked her to kind of talk a little bit about the auditioning process and actually getting this role. Right. So uh, that was an, that was an, it, it usually doesn't work this way, um, but I'm really good friends with um, two of the uh, producers on the film, hmm. and uh, one of the producers is also a co-writer on the script, um, and they had been throwing this idea around and, and saying that they wanted to make this, this film like in this kind of 
realm and they were working on a, on a script and would I be interested in reading it and kind of giving my opinion and feedback. And I was like, yeah, of course. I didn't know if I was going to get cast in it. I didn't think, I didn't know if they had any idea for me or, or if maybe they were just like, oh, we'll give you like a, a bit part, you know, cause you're our friend type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what they ended up doing is putting a couple of us into training for like fight training. And um, I guess it was kind of like, okay, let's see one who can handle the, the dialogue and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's one thing, but who can handle the, the training and who can handle the fighting and who's not going to um, kind of quit halfway through. And then we have to go back at square one and you know, that's, yeah, that's the budget. Sure. So um, I did when they got like the almost final version of the script, um, they were like, okay, so what did, you know, what'd you think? And I was like, great. You, you know, who did you have me in mind for if, if anyone? And they were like, well, Ayala. And I was like, Oh, so the lead role. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So that's, that's how that one worked. It usually doesn't work that way. Uh, casting is, is uh it's an it's a numbers game you audition for as many things as you possibly can sure. um and whatever you know you, you get 99 yeses or 99 no's and one yes and that's just kind of how it it goes um and you just need to stay busy and and no casting directors and and it's a lot of just the right thing at the right time or mm-hmm. having the the, the right look or the right vibe for, for what they're feeling because you never know what's in somebody else's head um, and you know or what you might bring to the character or whatnot so um, yeah it, it was a unique situation in this in this sense that's for sure and one of the co-stars with you Eric Roberts we've had him on the show before and I, I don't like to stereotype people but if I had to guess I'd say Eric Roberts is probably playing the villain he, you know what you would be wrong. This oh time. my gosh, that's great! I'd love to hear that I'm wrong. That's that's good. He's just <laughs> he plays, he's play plays such a, a good villain. bad guy. He is so good at being the villain. He yeah he is uh, he's he's plays my father figure in this. Role. Oh okay. So yeah, um, but I, I totally understand what you mean and why you would think that. One hundred percent. Just some of his past roles, you know, he just seems to relish those those uh, bad guy roles, and uh, you know they always say the bad guy is the most fun to play. So. It is. It is. I play a lot of bad guy roles, so um, I definitely enjoy it. (laughs) So on this project, uh, obviously there was a training regimen, like you mentioned, you had to go through fight camp and everything like that. Um, What was, maybe maybe that was it, but what was the hardest part about filming Unchained? It went relatively smoothly, to be honest with you, to, to, to the point where we even all kind of looked at each other as we were getting close to being in our final days or final weeks of filming. And we kind of look and we're like, this has gone really smoothly, right? <laughs> like, too, like too smooth, right? Like something's got to go wrong. Um, so there, and you know what, there was this one day where I had like a, I filmed all every single scene for this, this one fight scene montage uh, or fight montage scene. Um, so I filmed all of the fights in one day Um so that was intense and I, yeah, and I, I hit my head like at the very, very beginning of the day, uh, pretty hard. So everybody was like super freaked out that I might have a concussion. Um, and then 
one of our stunts went wrong a little bit where I ended up, it wasn't a, a real bat, but I did get hit in the head with a bat oh. that same day. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's why you never question that um, things are going smoothly. You just let it go and don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, Oh man, you know, and I was, I was fine. It was just like, it was like, okay, we knew something was going to go wrong and it just happened. We had a lot of, you know, extras and we had a lot of other people that day. So it w- would be that, that one time, that we needed everything to go smoothly, that it just was not going smoothly yeah. <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, the final project, that that's what matters is how it turned out at the end. And uh, we should mention that you'll be able to see Unchained starting July 2nd, uh, if you want to check that that's out. That's right. And you yeah, actually, this Friday. Yeah, that's right. And talked about uh, the singing songwriting aspect. You actually wrote, I believe, the end credit song for this. I did, yeah. I uh, wrote and performed it uh, and co-produced it. Wow. So, uh, that's, it's called Freedom. Yeah, so that's the ending song that plays kind of at the end of the movie and then into the credits. Um, and that's available everywhere. Music is sold or streams worldwide right now. So. And I know yeah. some people like, uh, like for example, with I'm just throwing this off the top of my head, Madonna with Die Another Day. There was a deal where she appears in the Bond movie as, you know, his fencing instructor and she sings a title song. When you were brought on for Unchained to get this part, did they say anything about, hey, would you also, we're looking for an end title song or was that something you pitched them? How did, how did that come about? Um, I pitched it to them. Yeah. So they, I don't think that they, I don't think that was kind of anything that they were thinking about. I'm sure it was like, oh yeah, you know, hey, if you want to, you're a musician, you want to submit some stuff. But of course, any, it always has to, it has to fit. Sure, um, yeah. So I was, you know, I wrote the song specifically for the film and I gave it to them and, you know, was like, oh, can't make any promises. We don't know if it's going to, and I was like, you're, I think you're going to want this one. So they, and they did. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, cool. So it, it just happened to work out really nicely. And then we shot like a music video for it that included clips of the film in it. And it ended up being like a good cross promotional hmm. situation. And you've obviously been both vocally and your compositions and everything that you've done, even up to uh, my crazy ex-girlfriend, which had a brilliant musical score to that one. Every single episode was just so much fun. Uh, what part of all those hats we mentioned, musician, composer, singer, songwriter, actor, model, writer, what one, what, maybe it's just one, maybe it's two that fires your brain the most that you really feel like, Oh, this is, this is what I love the most out of all these hats I wear. Mm. Um, I, I, I love, I love the creative process mm-hmm. for all of, for pretty much anything. So even, I mean, performing is always so much fun and that's just a, more like therapeutic than anything so being in front of the camera or being behind a microphone or, or on a stage that's that's it's kind of like the, the selfish side that really enjoys that of right. me. but i i love um I, I love producing stuff whether it's um you know whether it, it's like sketches and um things behind the camera or um even just writing and creating the songs, you know, behind the scenes. I really love that. Um, and just seeing how all the little pieces come together and what one person's idea can bring or one person's talent can bring to a uh, situation. And when you tie other people together and bring other people and other like minds together, that's probably my favorite part. It's really magical. 
And I love asking singer-songwriters this question. What comes more easily to you, the music or the lyrics? Mm, they go hand in hand. Okay. Um, yeah, it's usually um, sometimes there's something you want to say, and sometimes there's some, like a feeling that you want to get out. So, um, but usually once you start playing, it starts, the words start coming out or once you start, once the words start coming out, you start playing. So yeah, I think that I, for me, they go hand in hand. I'm not sure. I can't speak for everyone, but, um, uh, most people that I, I work with who are singer songwriters, I think they, usually they operate the same way. And in jam sessions, it's like anybody got something they want to get out, get off their chest. Anybody have a vibe that they want to throw into the room real quick. And, and it usually just starts there. Hmm. I always, I always think of the, the classic teams like Kelmar and Ruby or George and Ira Gershwin, you know, one's usually for the music, one's for the lyrics. And when someone like you is doing both of them, and I just always find that fascinating because if I hear a tune, I can put words to it, but I could not come up with a tune to save my life. Oh, yeah, you know, I guess there there are writing duos like that. I mean, and I, I do have a production partner, Mark Solomon, who is, he's just a, he's a multi-instrumentalist. So where I have, you know, I, I'll be able to create a melody on the keys and stuff, and I'm somewhat decent um, on a, you know, MPC machine, but <laughs> he's, he's the type who, like, you know, he, he can, he can just, he can just rip any instrument that you give him. Huh. Um, so that's, uh, you know, where I would probably, I guess in that sense, I would focus more. I, I do focus more on the lyrics, but I do help with all the melodies as well. Um, and, you know, but when we get together, that's, I guess that is more of, yeah, that's more of like his, his thing. So yeah, when you team up with people and you're not just solo, then it, it is a little bit of a balance sometimes. And I, I can't let you go without talking about this. I saw that you are, I, I don't know if it's started filming yet, but you're doing Sands of Fate, a Star Wars story. It's uh, an original non-for-profit Star Wars shorts, but it's set in the George Lucas kind of uh, landscape of things produced by Escape Velocity. I mean, even though it's non-for-profit and, and things like that, being in the Star Wars universe, that's got to be exciting for an actor. And we're going to take another quick break. Come back and wrap up our conversation with actor Mayor Mulroney. Please stand by. Hi, guys. It's Emily Swallow. I have two things to tell you, one of which is this is the way. And you are listening to geek to me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio as we wrap things up here with Mayor Mulroney. And obviously, uh, as I look over her IMDb resume, I see something Star Wars flash up. And of course, my eyes go, they enlarge I'm like Star Wars. So I, I had to ask her about this project. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's the coolest project I think I've ever worked on, to be honest with you. Um, it, you know, because it's not your typical, like, I, it, it would... I guess it, it does fall into the like uh, um, fan film category. Mm -hmm. However, um, Escape Velocity, uh, Velocity uh, that production company is partnered with Ryan Reynolds production company and they do like all of his commercials and stuff. Um, so the, the quality of the content is 
fantastic, but also all of the, the guys involved in, in making this, like, you know, the director and writer, he, uh, he works on the Mandalorian. Wow. Um, yeah. Like he does. So all, and he like does all the props and stuff, like makes the, the different characters and stuff. Like he, he's like an actual like sculptor artist as well. Mm. Um, so that is it, it, like, when you go into that world, you are in that world um and chris bartlett is a he's a character actor and he plays uh three cpo and he plays a bunch of different characters on the mandalorian as well so like there's it's like a lot of those guys work with disney and with lucasfilm wow and they were like you know what we kind of want to we want to kind of go back to the original trilogy and tell stories that way, wouldn't that be cool? Um, and they they have the ability to do it and make it so realistic. So I, when I auditioned for it, I was like, I have to get this role. I have to get this role. <laughs> and it seemed like such a long shot. Um, but after like the second callback, they like surprised us and we're like, you, you guys got cast? And we're like, what? Oh my God. So that's, in, it, yeah, that's been probably the coolest project to date for sure. Well, just to put it out there, if they're doing any more casting for the next project, I will I'll get it down to my knees and wear a Jawa costume, whatever they want. But have them please email me because I'd love to audition for something like that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I do think that they are going to be continuing. They they have one that they did before called um, Birth of a Monster. Yeah. So this is their second one. And they've got, I think they're doing a third one, um, I want to say in Switzerland or something. Um and they they plan these things like a couple of years in advance too. So um, I don't know when filming for that would actually begin, but um, it's very exciting. And I hope they do continue because honestly, they're just such a talented, amazing group of people, and um, so much fun to work with. Yeah. So so after we get done, shoot me an email or, or have uh, your people shoot me an email because any of the audition information, I would do that. I'd pay for my own flight and hotel. That just just to audition <laughs> for it would be brilliant so we'll talk after we, after this interview is over <laughs> oh i will 100 percent absolutely pass i will pass that along they definitely wanted more uh they had wanted more extras for this one um but because of covid and filming during covid like yeah. you, the rules on set were so 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 crazy um and you know it's it, so they had to do a lot of tricks with the, with the camera and they had to put a lot of guys who are already on set because they're in the crew. They're the ones in the costumes for the most part, wow. because, you know, and yeah. so, uh, which made it tricky, but it was still a really magical experience. Regardless. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, I, like I said, I'll do craft services. I'll hold the white balance board, whatever is needed. That would be just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, and uh, we want to make sure people un- know that Unchained as of July 2nd, it's out on digital. Uh, what else are you working on? Or can you say anything else that you're working on that people can look for you coming up? Um, yeah, so I, I'm on a, a viral series that's really popular called Darman. Um, and it's like, um, it's kind of like, they're supposed to be inspirational style, like videos, um, in short form content. Um, and I am usually 99.9% of the time the villain in those, which is a lot of fun to play, but we always have, uh, new episodes coming out. Um, and uh, my own YouTube channel, I've got like a little conglomerate of actors where we just are, in fact, we're 
shooting today, right now. Oh, great. Um, wow. I took a break to take the call, and <laughs> we're just creating a bunch of sketches. We've been shooting 15, uh, like, five-minute sketches for the past two weeks. Wow. So we'll have a bunch of stuff stockpiled to, to throw out um, a new episode each week uh, starting in August. So that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much what I'm up to as of right now. Well, <laughs> and I'm, then, you know, more projects I'm down the pipeline, I'm sure. Well, I want to let you get back to your uh, filming then. Before I let you go, though, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, social media handles, websites. Uh, you mentioned the YouTube. Tell people where they can find you and keep up with you online. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So TikTok is just my name, Marimal Roney. Um, and you can search that and I think most of my stuff will pop up, but I am, my handle is usually that girl Mare, uh, and Mare is spelled with an M A I R. So air with an M. <laughs> yeah. So that's my YouTube, Instagram and Twitter, which I don't really use very much. Um, and then it's that girl com too for my website. So uh, pretty, pretty simple. I think I'm pretty easy to, to find. I try to keep it cohesive. That sounds great. Uh, that it's, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Thanks so much. And again, Unchained, make sure you check this out as of July 2nd on digital. Maribel Roney, thanks so much. It's been a great time talking to you. Great talking to you too. Thank you so much for having me. That's going to do it. Another show in the books. Thanks as always to my sponsors, the city of St. Charles, Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, and of course, Marcus Theaters, the official movie sponsor. Thanks, of course, to Joey V, who always makes this show sound as good as it does. My right hand. I would not be able to do any of this without him and all of his extraordinary help. Thank you to you. Make sure you are uh, listening all the time. Make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the podcasts and check us out on YouTube. We need to get those numbers up there. So go to YouTube, search geek to me radio, subscribe there, make sure you hit the bell notification. So you always get a little notification when we drop a new show and make sure if you can to go to patreon.com P A T R E O N.com slash geek to me radio. Any support you can give us there would be great. And of course, bit.ly slash geek to me shop on Amazon as you normally would. And we get a very small percentage of the sale without it costing you a single thing. You won't even know that you're helping us out by shopping for the things you normally shop on when you go to Amazon. Check out the website, geek2meradio.com, for more content. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the Death Star number two. Good night. Hey, kids. Are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say Referral Geek to Me Radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. Yeah. 
So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.